thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Wellness Women Radio with women's health experts, Dr. Ashley Bond, the pregnancy and birthing guru, and the queen of hormone imbalances, the period whisperer herself, Dr. Andrea Huddleston. They're raising the bar for women's health by bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness information to live your best life. Now, onto the show. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, gorgeous listeners. Thanks so much for joining us today on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And I'm super excited that you are back with us again. And can you please do me a favor and make sure that you go and like and subscribe to us on whatever app that you're using. And please give us plenty of five-star ratings uh, because it's just good for our ego, please. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think that's good enough. Oh, Ash, hey, I'm super excited for you. You have launched your new, um, I guess, like personal kind of branding as the pregnancy chiropractor. I want to give you a big shout out. Oh, and thank you. Ladies, can you please go and follow Ash, um, the wonderful Dr. Ashley Bond, as the pregnancy. Now, Ash, let me get this right. Is it the pregnancy chiropractor? Yep, just at the pregnancy chiropractor, which is one of those funny things that it was. Uh, I've been sitting on it for years, literally. Um, and I thought, oh, why not? I always thought it was uh, too narrow a scope because we do the wellness room. We love, you know, everything women's health. But I really have enjoyed uh, focusing my my studies and my interest into the pregnancy space. So, ladies, if that's relevant to you, um, I definitely am trying to get that off the ground now. And uh, I'm sure in time it'll be very, very focused uh, kind of social media as opposed to now, which is very generic and very uh, 
ad hoc. I don't think I, I don't think I have enough focus on it, but uh, I really look forward to sharing it because I just know that there's so much uh, sort of specialised information that can be shared specifically related to pregnancy, which is really exciting. Um, even some of the information tonight on our special topic, which uh, we are going to talk oh, about segue. Uh-huh, the sunshine <laughs> vitamin. We can't believe we did, we just we laughed. We couldn't believe we haven't done this one, but we're talking vitamin D and uh, specifically vitamin D deficiency. Now, obviously, most of you ladies listening are in a Australia. And we all assume that being the sunny down under nation that we are, that we are definitely getting enough vitamin D, but I would hate to burst your little vitamin D bubble. But unfortunately, um, yeah, they've stats say that up to 50% of Australians are D deficient, which is really concerning because tonight we're going to run through why it's so important, how it relates to women's health and hormones specifically what it's needed for and what it protects you from. I mean, that is really scary stuff. And if you realize D deficiency uh, is, you know, as serious as it is, then it'll start to help you understand why you will hear it come across. It's been in news media of recent times, probably more in specific reference to COVID as a, you know, as a sort of a solution or as a um, preventative measure to help prevent the severity of COVID uh, infection. But we're and more... A treatment so- strategy as well, I think. Yeah, correct. And I think, you know, we're just really interested to ask ask the question why are so many people you know insufficient in their d serum levels and uh, what can we do about it and obviously the impact that has on women's health specifically so let's rock and roll into that because i was um you know scrolling through the literature we always love to look at the research as well because there's so much uh, bloggy information out there which is great but you know just understand the reference points and Australia's largest study to date um, covers about 30,000 patients with uh, serum D levels being measured in a retrospective study between 2014 and 2017. Um, And it basically says sex, age, seasonal and yearly variations, you know, are in vitamin D status in the Australian population with a prevalence of D deficiency. And I think that's, you know, means that essentially a lot of people are D-deficient and don't know about it. Uh, so let's have a, a look at what we can, uh, you know, learn about vitamin D and what we need to know uh, as part of strategies to increase our serum D levels and increase our um, our health benefits that come from that. Aussies, you guys will be surprised to know that our Slip Slop campaign, Slip Slop Slap campaign of the 80s has been so, so successful um, at... <laughs> stopping us from increasing our serum D levels. Some of the information related to that regards uh, the fact that when we cover up and we wear SPF 30 plus, it reduces our body's ability to produce vitamin D synthesis through the skin by 95%. So the irony in that is that it's designed to help prevent us getting skin cancer. But unfortunately, as you're going to hear later throughout this uh, episode tonight, that we are actually increasing our risk of cancer by being D deficient. So let's have a chat um as as you're talking about that i reckon that maybe we need to follow this episode up with a deep dive like super nerdy episode on actual vitamin d absorption so the process Mm -hmm. that goes from the skin the conversion um how the body utilizes it what it needs and i'm sorry you can hear that in the background loki is trying to get a ball under from underneath my 
um, a bookcase and he he's it's not got, quite it's got ever. A, turn around Loki it's right behind you buddy <laughs> sorry ladies it, there's always going to be a disruption from my dogs in one way or another whether it's them barking or um, you know just trying to get my attention um, I think that we we it would be really useful for us to do that deep dive and talk about the metabolism of it and then mm. um, each of those individual chemical processes but for tonight what we really wanted you to have an understanding of is each effect that it has on your hormonal system and your reproductive health as well because vitamin D is something that I will always include on lab testing. Mm -hmm. I always want to see what someone's vitamin D status is and this is not something that I ever assume. Um, And also, even if people are supplementing or have been supplementing or do have a high amount of sun exposure, I still don't take that as good enough um, because it can depend on so many different factors as to how your body absorbs and utilizes that vitamin D in the first place. And when you actually hear some of the actions that it has, um, then you'll realize why it's so essential that you know you do actually have your vitamin D levels checked and that you are supplementing if you are deficient too. Um, and I think that the other really essential thing for you to understand right now is that the current reference ranges for what ideal vitamin D levels are, like so much in, um, I guess, standard you know, allopathic or Western medicine is that those reference ranges, in my opinion, are really, really outdated. And there's a lot of much more up-to-date research that shows that for proper hormonal function, for proper vitamin D, um, I guess for adequate vitamin D levels and also for um, fertility outcomes that we actually want to have a higher threshold of vitamin D. So, you know, I might just go into that quickly now just so we can get that off the table. But in Australia, normally um, the level of vitamin D that is considered to be acceptable is over 50 nanomoles per liter. Um, anything below that is considered to be deficient. And I think even on some reference ranges, depending on the type of lab that they're using for the testing, that they'll accept anything <laughs> over 12 nanomoles per liter. And in my opinion, I think that that is very severely deficient. Now, The most up-to-date research shows that optimal vitamin D levels for women is above 75 nanomoles per litre, well above that. And I actually like to see it around 100, um, particularly if a woman is trying to conceive. And the level of 50 at the end of winter, I would accept but we want to go into winter making sure that our levels are much higher because we've got you know very very low chance of actually absorbing much vitamin D in the sun from the sun in those winter months and i guess it depends where you live um, you know in relation to the equator and everything else and the refractory from the sun and how much your body can actually absorb that because caucasian or light skinned people can actually absorb it a lot faster than darker skinned people as well um, which i always find really fascinating and it's a little bit counterintuitive too Um, But that's simply just how it works. Mm -hmm. And I love that you talk about, you know, standard reference ranges and things like that because I was just, I had um, some of the um, AMA and NPS uh, information open in front of me just to see what the practice guidelines were, you know, in Mm -hmm. terms of general medicine. And uh, it's really interesting to see, it literally says, serum vitamin D testing should only be considered for people at increased risk of deficiency. Supplementation is only recommended for people um, who are D deficient with serum levels less than 50 nanomoles. So you're spot on about, you know, current recommendations and, 
the fact that it's not standard practice to test it, that's another, you know, interesting point there that it's only considered for people who might be deficient, not uh, considered as general population, you know, data, which we should be doing. Really, everyone should be assessed for vitamin D given the importance it plays in our general health. Um, you know, their own practice points as well, you know, just suggesting that there's limited high quality evidence to support vitamin D supplementation for people with non-musculoskeletal health conditions. But we're about to debunk that. We're about to go through some information that says, hang on, you don't have to be having uh, bone density scans to reveal osteoporosis or osteopenia before you start supplementing with D and calcium to increase that. We should be looking at preventative medicine. We should be looking at, you know, holistic health maintenance throughout our lifetimes and not crisis or critical care when we finally have a problem. So, you know, I guess, again, we just highlight those things because sometimes people say, but are oh, I've never had that test and my doctor hasn't worried about that. Um, and it may just be simply that they're not aware of the significance prior to what we call pathology once there's something present, once we have a diagnosis. But we want you to not get diagnosed with osteopenia before you start acting on a vitamin D um, assessment and supplementation. So that's sometimes why there's a contradiction sometimes why people are a little bit confused saying but hang on i've never been told to do this before um and i do sometimes in practice like you i recommend it routinely and a lot of people are surprised to hear the recommendation because as we've said but i'm australian i'm out in the sun all the time and then i ask yeah. is that with you know your hat and long sleeve shirts with sunscreen oh yeah always gotta be sun smart then it's very likely you don't get enough exposure to create the vitamin d synthesis in the skin and therefore you are at risk of vitamin deficiency and uh, that can be a surprise for a lot of people okay i've already decided our next episode will be on the synthesis of the vitamin d oh, and it's so cool um, isn't it i'm, yes, I'm, I'm like you we'll i'm like that next time <laughs> i reckon there's a whole episode just on the science of it. it's so interesting when you actually learn about it it's like oh my gosh you know you'll never forget that information and why it's just so important so critical you know from preconception through pregnancy you know postpartum and beyond uh, i mean i nerd out on the pregnancy side of it um you know yeah. what the body needs through pregnancy what the the baby takes from mum. you know only if mum's sufficient does the baby get what it needs and then on postpartum you know what was the requirement for mother and baby and how we both achieve that but there's a lot of biochemistry there which is so cool and so fascinating so anyway um, we'll have yeah, to do ladies, that you don't need to take that class right now but next time <laughs> yeah yeah it's <laughs> definitely a roll on a bit of like the main sort of hormonal action so i'm just mm. going to give you a quick little list here and then we'll sort of um talk about it ladies so we know that in terms of uh maybe i'll just look at metabolic function first mm -hmm. so vitamin d in increases your insulin sensitivity, which also means it decreases your likelihood of having insulin resistance, which is also part of, you know, the um, some of that, that picture, the metabolic picture that goes with things like PCOS, um, metabolic syndrome, um, diabetes and everything else. It actually increases insulin secretion, which obviously helps with glucose uptake as well. Um, it controls the expression of insulin receptors. So again, when we have insulin resistance, those insulin receptors are insensitive to the insulin coming in. So it's part of vitamin D's mechanism to actually control those receptors. Um, it also controls estrogen and testosterone secretions. So I always like to think of vitamin D is not just a vitamin, but it's a hormone as well. And it has hormonal actions and it's essential as almost like a part, it's almost like a building block for hormones too, um, is probably the best way I can describe it in its most sim simple terms. It has a huge role in the conversion of thyroid hormones into active forms that can be taken up by the cells. It, and it's also essential for absorption of magnesium um, 
in like the intestinal layer. And when we do the next episode where we're talking about the absorption and um, metabolism of vitamin D, that's a bit of a double-edged sword because if you don't have enough magnesium, then you can't actually convert the vitamin D into the active form in the first place and and, um, vice versa. Um, We know that low vitamin D status is associated with impaired fertility endometriosis because it has a really important anti-inflammatory and immune mediating action, Uh, PCOS because of its metabolic actions as well. Um, It also shows that low vitamin D increases your risk of things like preeclampsia, preterm birth, bacterial vaginosis and gestational diabetes as well. Um, there has been other studies that also shows that vitamin D regulates the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, and it actually aids with the formation of new follicles in the ovaries um, that actually assists with embryo implantation too. Um, there is vitamin D receptors on every part of our reproductive tract, so including our endometrium, our ovaries, our breast tissue, um, on the cervix, even the placenta. And I think when there's vitamin D receptors there, it kind of gives the, um, you know, the, it shows the importance of how essential it is for your entire reproductive um, tract and function as well. Um, so it's essential for so many different pathways in our hormonal system, but also for reproductive function as well. And when we're looking at helping to improve a quality, this is one of the main things that we'll always look at is making sure that vitamin D levels are sufficient. Um, that was a quick little list, Ash. What do you want to add to that? Oh, no, you know, that, that that covers so much of it. It has a major player in regards to thyroid hormones as well. Um don't mm-hmm. know if I heard you mention that, but, um, you know, for me, just understanding that, you know, with people with poor thyroid function, they've also noted a sort of, whether it be causation or correlation, that's uh, sometimes a little bit hard to determine, but low levels of vitamin D are also noted there. So, you know, just again, that whole idea of if we've got um, immunological issues or immune issues, we've got fertility issues, we've basically listed all those hormonal concerns, then we should be considering vitamin D as a player or a culprit, you know, whether we, we like to see it as the, uh, the bad guy or the good guy, but either way, it's essential for, you know, the best human health possible. So, and realizing obviously they're a huge layer it plays in sex hormones, you know, specifically testosterone and estrogen as well. So, um, you know, I think for a lot of people, they may not even realize things like low D um, are related to, you know, poor immune response, poor adaptability, which can relate to stress handling, you know, our cortisol uh, synthesis and our ability to withstand stress. And the impact that that has on every aspect of our health and well-being is really profound you know and of course the knock-on effects of sleep patterns like it's just it's just such an interesting one like you said it acts like a hormone there's just such a knock-on effect throughout the whole body now does that mean that if you've got any symptoms it has to be a vitamin D deficiency no absolutely not there's a lot of a lot of things in the body can be uh, deficient before we have health symptoms but I certainly think it's one that's really routinely overlooked mm-hmm. um the Big one for me too is related to, like you just mentioned, about the importance through, you know, pregnancy, lactation. There's just so many signs that a baby who is 
from a mother of deficiency can also have a lot of other, you know, layered health consequences, you know, in growth and development, because obviously it's a precursor plus a building block for so many aspects of that child's health and development. So for mums to be deficient in pregnancy can have such a uh, significant effect because, you know, new life comes from mum's life. And that's one mm-hmm. thing that I often, you know, consider, I think, wow, if we get that wrong, it's really hard to make that up because uh, it's a fundamental neuro developmental aspect of the embryo so i do really think you know for women considering conception um, they do need to consider vitamin d supplementation irrespective of their known status because it's really at this point in time considered a do no harm uh supplementation if you're staying you know around that uh, 1000 iu then it's considered a fairly safe daily dose for anybody um, mm. and therefore what's the harm you know for me it's that risk benefit ratio like if you're not sure and you haven't got a blood test to confirm it what's the harm in taking a thousand iu to ensure that your preconceptive yeah. health is in a good place and ash even according to the endocrine society practice guidelines they even say that vitamin d is safe to supplement up to ten thousand international units a day in women mm-hmm. over the age of 19 mm-hmm. um so i think that just goes to show that it is it's safe in high doses. Now, it doesn't mean that you need that higher dose, but when women are really, really deficient, they can use pretty heavy dosing in that and it has been shown to be safe at those doses too. Yeah, and I even was surprised to sort of realise that um, breastfed babies, for example, are still at risk of um, D deficiency because they consider it not being able to be met with human breast milk alone um, and they've considered the recommendation of supplementing infants with vitamin D Um Generally, the recommendation from the Pediatric Association is 400 IU, uh, mm-hmm. but we've just said that there's a fairly high tolerance level there in the sense of safety but safety margins. 1,000 to 10,000 is a very large large buffer yeah. point there. So I think you could be safe to say that um, it would be okay and safe to supplement up to 1,000 as well there. My son takes a pretty much a daily vitamin D, 1,000 mm-hmm. IU. He loves just chewing on the little capsules. <laughs> <laughs> these tiny little capsules he just loves to to have one so it's super simple to get that into him but it's just that idea of it's a do no harm supplement yeah. in my in my books yeah. um if you don't necessarily want to go down the supplementation route but want to increase your vitamin d from food sources the best and bioavailable food sources come from things like oily fish especially wild caught things like salmon sardines herring mackerel um from there also red meat liver and eggs other the best source and obviously they're all from animals there there's certainly going to be um, non-animal sources of vitamin d but it just doesn't um, even compare to the levels that you get from those sources um, and obviously increasing your safe sun exposure for as long as possible with as much skin in the sun as possible and it's really really tricky in winter there's a really cool app um, actually ash called d minder it's a free app um, that you can download and you put in where you are and blah, 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 and it works out for the time of the year, how long do you have to be outside in the sun for to get your vitamin D intake for that day? Um, and just, you know, on average, everybody's a little bit different as to what they can absorb and how their system can utilize that. But I feel like that's a really good start. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, not too many other sources um, aside from some of those fishes and uh, the animal-based sources, but there is uh, some mushroom sources of vitamin D too, um, shiitake and butter, butter, button mushrooms. <laughs> uh, I knew there were um, plant-based yeah. sources, but I just couldn't Yeah, uh, but you're right because this, again, this goes into our biochem uh, where we talk about the differences between D2, D3, all the rest, so we'll, we'll get yes. into that another time. But um, essentially, yeah, look, D2 is a plant-based source and you can get that from mushrooms so you know if you are vegetarian or vegan then there's still some uh, plant sources you can utilize to increase and buffer your vitamin d uh, throughout the winter specifically uh, which is really handy awesome okay ash i think that that's a perfect nice little wrapped in a bow info for the importance of vitamin D, um, some really easy strategies where to get it, the safety levels of um, supplementation. And I think the more techie kind of really exciting for us biochemical stuff, <laughs> we'll, we'll certainly cover in detail next episode. So stay tuned for that. And ladies, obviously, if that's not your cup of tea, you can just skip that one. Um, but hopefully that's, uh, that's given you some information about how important it is for both your metabolic health, your hormonal function, your endocrine function, fertility, pregnancy, and everything else. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, this is a nice little take-home one, isn't it? Just a, a quick uh, run-through to say, yes, it's important. Yes, we need it. Um, it's not worth being deficient to find out there's problems and you can safely supplement. I will say, though, because it's fat-soluble vitamin, obviously there is a risk that you can over-supplement. So the evidence suggests uh Therapeutic doses, 10,000 IU a day for prolonged periods, particularly in patients um, with normal gut absorption. So, you know, obviously people with gut concerns, um, malabsorption mm -hmm. issues, they could probably take a lot more and have no concerns. But uh, if you're generally a well-functioning adult, um, yeah, just be aware there is consideration of toxicity. So we're not saying to overdose it, but we are saying to consider the idea that anywhere between, you know, one and 5,000 IU daily is relatively safe for the majority of the population. I think that's the really important takeaway that uh, if you're not supplementing right now or not getting high sources of vitamin D, if you're not getting out in the sunshine uh, with your clothing off for at least 10 minutes a day on a high sun period, so meaning that's usually around the midday sun point. Um, and of course, you know, safe skin protection is always important, but I think we've just overdone the message in Australia for so long that people are terrified of sun exposure and that's, um, that is in itself a problem um, because, you know, we're going outside with sunglasses on this is why rolling on you know we can talk about things like sleep concerns sleep disorders in australians because of the fact that we're you know not going to high sun with our eyes exposed you know to daytime we're putting sunglasses on or we're staying in um you know sub optimal levels of lighting indoors and things like that so yeah this all rolls into so many different areas of your health and i think uh you know my big one from this is just if you haven't considered if you haven't tested if you're not supplementing then go off today make sure you book in for a, you know a gp check get your bloods done find out what your serum levels are like if you're deficient or if you're even suboptimal make sure you're supplementing and get that d up quickly um so that you can sort of see that knock-on effect it has through your health and hormones Perfect. Oh, I love that, Ash. Awesome. Okay, so ladies, once again, you have been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Boston Wellness Couch presenter, endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.